Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mike Force Podcast. It is your host, Mike G. Welcome to Hump Day. We are in the middle of the week. I want to say if you're listening to this, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel because I do do this for YouTube. I Meaning I do do it for the visual. Subscribe, hit the notification tab because that's how you get the notification that we just dropped a new episode. Also, we like to drop the YouTube before the audio version of this. So if you're watching this, listen to it. If you're listening to it, watch it. It doesn't hurt to do both. John, you're good. Come on in. Come on in. Welcome to the Mike Force Podcast. Guys, on the Mike Force Podcast, I'm trying to do these two a week. Depending on what's going on in the world, expect a minimum of one, maybe two per week, depending on what's going on, because a lot of current events are driving my urge to get here and talk about things that you could do to kind of prepare yourself. I mean, preparedness is the theme on the Mike Force podcast. One of the reasons I started doing Mike Force Mondays on Black Rifle Coffee is because I wanted to interview people. Black Rifle gave me the opportunity to have access to a whole bunch of guests. So that's what you get on Mike Force Mondays. Subscribe to that. As an individual, current events and all the things that have to do with preparedness, that's what Mike Force is for. Um, just me running my mouth, basically. Got back from Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. Big shout out to everybody who came out and saw me at the Black Rifle Coffee uh, in the middle of Dallas. 120 people showed up. I mean, to get like anybody to show up for anything nowadays is huge. So thank you so much for taking the time. Gritter Sports. I taught pistol and carbine at Gritter Sports. It's the first time I've taught in Dallas and haven't suffered greatly. I mean, the last time I taught, me and Sean taught in 100-degree weather with 100-degree humidity, and you nearly had to pull me away on a stretcher and hook an IV to me. We had like three dudes pass out during that course. Dallas weather could be pretty extreme on the hot and the cold side, but to teach in an indoor range where it's like a constant, comfortable temperature, where you don't have to worry about the wind blowing over your target, where you have access to coffee and snacks, you know, five minutes away, where you don't have to piss in the wood line, where you could actually use a bathroom. All those things are great. And we've done a partnership with Gritter where we're bringing you training and experiences and seminars to that location, which is North Richmond Hills. Is it Richland or Richmond? It's Richland, North Richland Hills. It doesn't matter. DFW, guys. I mean, that place is like the size of a country. It's like 7 million people, all that want to train in preparedness. It's great. Amazing people. Amazing time. I had a blast. Pistol and carbine. So what is the plan for Gritter and Philcraft? Well, I have a plan to teach one weekend a month in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and also offer experiences intermittently. What do I mean by experiences? Me and Andy Stump right now on March 4th are teaching a leadership and entrepreneurship seminar in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. It's kind of bougie. It's not like the flat range uh, where you don't get snacks. You have to bring your own drinks. It's about experience. It's about coming together. It's about communicating with each other, doing the thing. And then it's about breaking bread to build rapport. So I'm super stoked for it. Uh, March 4th, you can catch that on philcraftsurvival.com. Also, I want to talk to you guys about training in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, because Sean Kirkwood, my training director, We'll be hosting training with the guys one weekend a month at Gritter. So one weekend a month, the guys, one weekend a month, me, and then one weekend intermittently, the experience. That's huge. 
Also, Gritter has given us real estate for retail. So all the things that you buy, all the things that you want, the kit bags, the swag, et cetera, you guys can get all of that at Gritter uh, and buy it off the shelf. You don't have to go through philcraftsurvival.com. Hey, I want to talk about this book called The Fourth Turning. I got a lot of traffic about this fourth turning. Did it on Mike Glover Actual, or I just talked like I'm talking now about the importance and significance of that. Look, I got sent a link about a book review, and then I watched the book review, and it seemed pretty unbiased because this guy does a whole bunch of book reviews. And then I looked into the book, and then I read the book. I didn't read the book because I don't read books anymore. I do Audible. So on my travels, I listened to the whole book. And there's not many books that impact me when it comes to preparedness because a lot of the stuff, man, I have experience in teaching or knowing, not that I'm the end-all be-all because I'm always looking to learn, but there's really no new ideas. And when I read this book that was written in 1997, it had profound, compelling arguments about history and then the direction of the future dealing with the fourth turning. Now, this book was written in 97, and what they said was the fourth turning was going to take place in 2008. Now, already, just hearing myself talk out loud, it sounds really woo-woo. Let me explain. These guys analyze, since the beginning of American history, 80-year brackets of time, broken down into four generations of time, and then look at the cyclic process of how history tends to repeat itself in patterns. I mean, human behavior is pretty predictable. I mean, psychology and human behavior is pretty predictable. It's not hard to distinguish what people are going to do throughout history based on the things they're doing. I mean, that's the reason history exists. So when we analyze that history, when these guys analyze that history, they break it down into four 20-year distinguished generations. And each generation of 20 years has a specific period of pinnacles of moments in that time that drive it to be what it is. And I'll break this down. So think 80 years in a bracket of history, and then 20-year brackets of time. From 1946, which they call the high time for 20 years, uh, we had Corvettes, Mustangs, we had rock and roll, TV, the space program, and bikinis. They even outlined bikinis. Why were we on a high for that period of time? Well, we came out of World War II, 1941 to 1945, where the Industrial uh, Revolution was taking place. So we were booming. I mean, there's a reason that generation is called boomers, because we are booming as a society. It's also the reason why the Korean War fought from 1950 to 53 was forgotten about. Nobody had the appetite for war. So everybody's like, what war? Right? So we went through a 20-year high from 46, 20 years later, to the awakening. Another 20-year bracket. What happened in that time period? Bob Dylan, the Beatles, LSD, Woodstock, computers. Then after that, they break down the unraveling. Uh, we had the Berlin Wall, LA riots. We had uh, OJ, September 11th, the Gulf War, the Afghan Wars. 20 years after that, we're in the bracket of 2008 until 2028. What happened in 2008? The financial crisis. The housing market crashed. We had political divide, COVID-19. The list goes on with what's going on in that crisis block. Now, when we look at this, what's ironic is if you look at 80 years prior to now, prior to 2028, we have World War II. 80 years before that, which is a lifetime, we have the Civil War, I think 1861 to 1864. Prior to that, what do we have 80 years prior? The Revolutionary War. 
So we have followed a script in both history blocks of 80 years, but also behavioral blocks of 20 years based on generations, based on generations. Now, what are the generations as we describe them in this history block? You know them, the boomers, the Gen X, the millennials, and the Gen Zs. Now, as they describe these breakdowns, they have specific people that were in these generations that have affected history and and change. Uh, For example, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, they're known as the profit generation. Again, don't get too woo-woo. These terms are their terms. I don't think they mean it that way. But what they mean is there were profits. There were people who were trying to save humanity. Uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, very impactful for our generation. In fact, Bill Gates predicted that every human being on the planet would have computers at some point, and we have computers. Prior to the pandemic, COVID-19, he predicted in a documentary that we are going to have a pandemic. I actually did a post in November of 2018 about the pandemic prior to the pandemic taking place. Because of that documentary and the effect that he had on me where I said, man, this is something we need to talk about. And then two months later, it was something we were living, not talking about. And then you have the nomad generation known as Gen X. The nomad generation is like, I don't know, Elon Musk, who's making things to change our lives. I'm actually a nomad generation guy because Gen X goes all the way up to 1984, I believe. So The nomad generation, what's inspiring about them is they created new things that are changing and innovating our lives. I mean, I started a preparedness company after 20 years of service that's focused on giving back. I'm I'm certainly no nomad, but I'm in that bracket at least. And then the millennials have the hero generation. I mean, nurses who were treating people for two years during COVID-19, the heroes, um, the Parkland shooting. People who experience all this tragedy, who went through all this trauma, that's the hero generation. And then we get to Gen Z, the artist generation from 2008 and beyond. Who's that? Likely your children are in that bracket. If you look at all these 20-year brackets throughout history, we've repeated the same history. Why do I tell you this? Because I buy into history. And I also buy into the idea that as a democracy as described, Uh, We are not that. I mean, certainly a democracy votes and has a democratic process for voting government. But the problem, I think, institutionally that we face is when we don't, through civil and social studies, teach our children what this is, this American experiment, we run the risk culturally of fading ourselves into a crisis because we don't understand that we are a constitutional republic. I mean, the idea of the founders of this country was not to stand up a government institution to hold your hand. It was to stand up a government institution to allow you to exercise your freedoms within the confines of law and order and to live that liberty free life. But we're not doing that because we think that a democracy, which kind of feels like socialism, is the way that we should manage this. So people start consolidating in heavy metropolitan areas, voting on the same people, getting the same handout, and then reattaching themselves to the umbilical cord. Well, what's the incentive? I just listened to a guy on YouTube. I I, I rarely like listen to influencers. I like educational content. 
But this guy, he's like a lifestyle guy. His name is Hamza. And he did, a, I think, five or seven steps or seven reasons why men are becoming weak. And I don't buy into the whole five things that he outlined. But a couple things that he did say profoundly make me understand why our society is headed in this direction and then leading to a crisis. He said, number one, porn. Why porn? Number two is social media. Let's just stack those two together. Social media and porn. Why is that a thing? Well, it's a thing because our young men are so toxic and manipulated by algorithms that they are addicted to the dopamine. If you haven't uh, listened to or read Dopamine Nation, you have to. This isn't about like me standing on a virtue and saying, young men should, should put down their cell phones and shouldn't masturbate. And outside of all that, what I think is happening is these social media platforms, including the porn platforms, are crushing it. They're making billions of dollars. Why are they making billions of dollars? Because they're controlling algorithms that control young men and take advantage of their wanting and desiring of dopamine. So if it's the social media app they're scrolling through, if it's the porn that they're watching, they're affected by that and it's making our men weak. Because if you are looking at, <laughs> um, this dude, Hamza is funny. You got to watch this guy because he, he lines it out really funny. When you line out a guy who's watching porn, what is he actually thinking primarily in the back of his head? He thinks that the women that he's watching, he attracted, and then he's bringing into his, his den, and then he's mating with them. So why would he have to exercise, get off his ass, have any incentives in life to be better if he has an abundance of women at his feet? That is the psychology that is lying behind this effect, right? So why would a guy, <laughs> this is so funny, Hamza lines this out in Call of Duty. Like a dude's playing Call of Duty and he's crushing it because he's a warrior and he's scoring these points and he gets the gold FAMAS, all these weapon systems, and he's just killing bad guys. And then he's eating Doritos out of, out of his belly button. And then he's like becoming morbidly obese. And then he doesn't want to do anything because why would he? He's a warrior. In virtual life, he's a warrior. And as Hamza describes it, the more epic and, and the more badass you think you are in a virtual life, the more of a loser you are in real life. And that's the fact. Like, if you look at men today, they're pimply, they're emotionally charged. Like, I'm emotional because I'm passionate. But I'm not emotional because I let emotions get the best of me. But look at social media. People are commenting because they're so outraged. Well, what does that mean in leading to a crisis? It means we have an entire generation who grew up with technology, as Bill Gates described, as the prophet of that time, and we are headed for disaster, social disaster. You feel it. I feel it. The question is, we've identified a lot of problems. The question is, how do we fix it? Here's an idea. Um, how about we get to the roots, the basics of things? My kids are upstairs with my mom who's in town. That is more important than anything in my life right now. Besides telling you and partitioning my time, I'm getting back to that, right? I got work to do. I'll do the work, but family is important. Getting back to family units, getting back to community. When I talked to 120 people at Black Rifle Coffee, I stood there for an hour shaking hands and taking pictures afterwards. And it wasn't about like, dude, you're dope. You're badass. You're an awesome dude. It was about, Mike, what you're saying is profoundly impacting me and 
It's awakening my understanding of why we're falling apart as a society. And now I'm looking at myself. I'm spending less time on social media scrolling and getting the dopamine hit, more time looking at things that are impacting me in a positive way, and spending more time with my family, which benefits your community. Why are we not doing that? It's so bizarre to me that I have to actually act as the front runner to talk about this and preparedness because this is what reliance is. But this is how I grew up. The guys that I'm surrounded with who are my age, we grew up in an age, we are the last generation of human beings on the planet that grew up without technology saturating our lives. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have technology. I had an Atari 2000 and it sucked. But I had palm tree sticks to play street hockey. I had cap guns in the streets of Daytona Beach, Florida. I had toilet paper and paper towel rolls that I could tape together because those were my guns playing war in the woods. Who are we doing? What are we doing now for our children? We're handing them the device, and then that's their experience. You think that's benefiting us? No, it's creating weak men and weak times. We have to get back to basics here, guys. We have to fix this shit. If we don't, guess what? As predicted from the fourth turning, which we're living right now, there is going to be catastrophe. And what the authors describe, there's not a guarantee that we're going to turn it around and it's going to be a turning point for the high. We're not going to be 1946 coming out of a war and going, we made it. Now it's time to get back to the high. We might catastrophically burn it to the ground and have nothing left. The only thing that gives me hope is when I see these people in real time When I train a training course, because people were like, I'm not taking any chances. We just got a new homestead family preparedness course that we're dropping called 18, or it's kind of, I based it off of 1862 because I'm a nerd like that. 1862, the Homestead Act of 1862. We based a program with Amber, who is our family preparedness director, of teaching a comprehensive program week to week because it's long form education that you need. It's not a 20 minute YouTube video. You need to have somebody holding your hand, teaching you preparedness, there to reestablish what's important and be there to walk you through the process. Canning, jarring, first aid, uh, tactics, the list goes on. I got Andy Stump, uh, his wife Leah, who's an expert at combatives and psychology with working with different people. I got Nate Jones, Doc Jones. I got me. I got Kevin Estella, bushcraft expert. All these experts coming to teach in a long-form version of that. That is what we're looking at. I don't want the short-term relationship. Yeah, sure, buy the bag, buy the hat, buy the shirt. Do all of that. That's cool. Appreciate it. I want the long-form relationship where we get back to the understanding of what this is about. And look, I don't want this to be a slippery slope that we look back and go, we could have did something about it. I want to fight for this. Guys, I wanted to throw that uh, short episode at you. 20 minutes right on the dot. PhilCraftSurvival.com, I will bring you some updates for current events, likely tomorrow before I travel to Las Vegas. Uh, If you're listening to this, I do have a pistol course, my last tactical course of the year at the Pro Gun Club in Las Vegas this Saturday. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Leave your comments and feedback below. Make sure you give the thumbs up as well. Subscribe, hit the notification tab. Till next time, peace. Tip up.